Welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. It's happening. Hello. Tonight's theme, I was just telling my amazing husband who's here, tonight's theme is rider position. That's tonight's theme. So are they going to be asking questions? Yeah, I think YouTube is on the wrongs. We've got like a new setup here, which I'm not really sure if it's working because see, yeah, it's not right. Okay, but anyways, tonight's theme is rider position. I am doing a webinar on this Sunday on rider position. So be sure to sign up. The link is either like above or below, depending on whether or not you are watching on Facebook or on YouTube. I've been working so much on the slides and Stephanie came up today. So I'm really looking forward to it. We've like completely revamped my rider position masterclass and it's amazing. So yeah. What are your tips on rider position? Straight, don't be stiff. (laughs) Sit up straight and don't be stiff. Um, That's easier said than done. I wonder if this is working. I don't see anyone here watching us. Let's see. Maybe you can write a comment if you're watching on Facebook. Is anyone watching us? I don't know. Oh, yeah. There's people watching. Okay. I see. There's people watching. We're we're always like the setup is a little bit tricky. Um, One thing about rider position that I want to talk about, which is super important, is your fitness. And I think that that's something that... I know everyone kind of has like a different routine, but all of my students who are good riders do things out of the saddle to complement um, their riding. So what do you do for your fitness? I do the gym twice a week for sure. And uh, I do a lot of scuba diving and free diving, bicycling. Yeah, I just lead kind of an active lifestyle. What do you do at the gym? Oh, at the gym, I do a mile uh, a mile on the elliptical machine because I can't I can't run on the ground. It hurts everything. So I run on the elliptical, and then I do Stephanie stretches for my shoulders, uh, and then swimming. I've got some weight. There's some other weight exercises. Then I do the swimming. Yeah, and did you notice? I know you've been working out more. Did you feel a difference in your riding? I did. I was really a lot. I hadn't gone to the gym because of the COVID and then it was too, the gym was close and then that gym, they closed the pool. So I didn't go to the gym for quite some time. And then when I started back up at the gym, yeah, I, I could sit a lot deeper. I could feel myself sitting deeper in into the saddle down deeper into the horse. Yeah. So the bottom line is like, it's so important to exercise some and everyone does different things. Like he likes swimming a lot. I like to do like stretches and like some more um, jumping stuff, which I don't know that that's always good. Um, But it's really important that you do something for your fitness so that when you get in the saddle that you're really in control of your body and able to make those changes. And also, especially if you've had an injury, which we all have had, I think as riders, we've all had injuries 
Um, like for me, I broke my left collarbone. And so my left shoulder always like tightens up and comes forward. And it was for a long time, like my trainers would always tell me like, you need to bring your left shoulder back, your left shoulder back. But it wasn't until I started doing like working with Stephanie, that's a physical therapist that we work with and doing exercises out of the saddle that I was actually able to change it in the saddle because so much of what you do outside of the saddle affects your riding. So like if you sit at a desk all day, if you um, like sit crooked at the couch, if you stand crooked, the way that you drive, all of that stuff carries over into your riding. And so becoming really aware of all of that stuff will improve your rider position. So rider position is everything. I hope you come to the webinar. I have so many good slides and um, information to share with you guys to improve your position. So I don't wanna to give too much away on that, but come to the webinar this weekend. We also have free prizes. What else should we talk about? Should we talk about the show last weekend? Did we go to a show? Yeah, we went to a show. We went to Flint Ridge. How was your show? How was your horse? The horse got better and better every day. I, I, I wasn't good. <laughs> Are you going to tell them what you did? The halt is at H, not at C. and um, It was a walk transition. Oh, yeah. The walk transition is at H, not at C. And so I did it at C every day and didn't read the tests until the end of the weekend. So I did not score well where I didn't do the transition what it was supposed to be. And what was the lesson that you learned? Uh, read the test uh, on a daily basis. Yeah, so he made the mistake of not reading the judges' comments until after the show. So you should always, like, read the comments before you do it again so you could make it better maybe, for the next maybe, time. Maybe I should know my test before yeah. I go down the center line. <laughs> right. Really go over that test. and know it. Not yeah. sort of know it. So that cost me two, three points. Yeah. But... Yeah. Your horse was way better. And I think that the the lesson there is that like, so Herman's riding this horse and he's huge. He's like 18, 18 two. two. He's 18, he's two. 18, two. He's big and he's a really cool horse. Like he is so sensitive and for a big horse. He's incredibly sensitive. Yeah, he's light off the ground and yeah. everything you want. Um, but we took him to a show like two weeks ago and he got a little like tense in his back and he was pretty excited at the show and um and Herman was so great he's like oh he'll be fine he just needs to go to more shows and so we took him to this show and every day he was a lot more relaxed we yeah went, uh, what did we do even with my mistakes he went 62 68 69 yeah so uh, I think that that's a lesson to everyone is like you just have to like keep going keep going out and taking your horse out and it will get better and and then also the warm up was like really exciting because the warm up was tiny and you're on this giant horse. Yeah, and there's four or five people in there because there was two arenas going for that one warm yeah. up. And the warm up was maybe the width of a dressage arena, maybe, uh, and maybe one and a quarter long with four and five horses in there for any one of the days of the warm up. Plus the odd person who was just riding to school their horse and wasn't even going to show. So, yeah. That was something to manage as well, but that's 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 just part of the horse showing, and uh, 
And I know, I mean, I had to go through that in my mind. I was just like, I'm going to stay calm and relaxed because my horse needs me to be calm and relaxed because I got to go competition right now. What I really wanted to do is scream at the top of my lungs that this is just not right. But we didn't do that um, because I needed to stay calm. My horse needed me to stay calm. So yes. we stayed calm. Good. Good idea. Stay calm. Stay calm and carry on. Okay. Um, so a few, like last week, I think it was on the club, I asked a question about from you guys, like, what is your biggest rider position flaw? Or what is the one thing the trainer is telling you over and over again? You're going to be surprised to know that the most common thing I heard from you guys is look up. I can't believe that. <laughs> That's your pet peeve. It is. It is. Because how can you go where you want to go if you're not looking where you're going? Well, you need to look at your horse and see what's happening. So um, it's called a hunter's eye. And I think um, in the Sally Swift book, it talks about hard eye and soft eye. It's a hunter's eye. You have to see everything and then focus. And then that's the hard eye is the focus. The soft eye is where you see everything. And then you focus and then soft and it's called hunter's eye. Yeah. It's a thing. Hunter's eye. Yeah. You were teaching someone, one of your students the other day, and you were saying that you were like, look at B, like go towards B and then make your eyes soft again and, and see like everything. see everything. And then look at the next place and then see everything. It's called hunter's eye because that's what hunters do when they're out, whatever, looking for beasts. <laughs> yeah. But they see the terrain, they see everything, and then they try and find the antler or whatever. But that it's called hunter's eye. You go from hard eye to soft eye and back and forth. Yeah. And it isn't that you don't look at the horse's head. I mean, that's not what I'm suggesting. I'm saying don't stare at the horse's head. Yeah. Just like you don't want to stare off into the distance either. You have to be present. See everything, be laser focused, see everything, be laser focused. Yeah. I think part of like, at least for me too, the reason that I stare down is like when I get focused, I just want to look at my horse's head, which is so wrong because you need to be feeling your horse under you. Like you need to rely on your sensory feelings, like your nerves as opposed to looking at what your horse is doing. And, and that's I, because it's faster. Yeah, it's actually if your faster. Eyes, if your eyes have to see it, then you have to internalize that. And, and then, then feel and it. And then send it down to your fingers. Yeah. Where if you just do it with your fingers, it's just fingers there back. Where yeah. the eye, it slows down the timing. So yeah. I didn't do the research. I just read it. Yeah. A really good exercise um, for helping you to feel as opposed to rely on your visual is to ride with your eyes closed. Like even just try it, ride yeah. along and just close your eyes for like four or five steps. And immediately you'll be so much more in tune with like the feeling in your seat and in your body as opposed to looking. Um, yeah. Donna also says our heads are heavy. If you look down, it puts weight on the front end. Sure. That's true. The average human head, good point, weighs eight pounds. And so if that is, you know, if your chin is down, you've got eight pounds pulling you forward, which then doesn't let your hips follow the rhythm either. So yeah. And it. it can cause like neck problems and herniated neck discs and all kinds of really bad things Party time. that we don't want to have. So um, bottom line is look up, right? That's the moral of the story. 
Um, okay, we have questions. We're gonna try to relate them to a rider position. Here's a question from Amelia. Oh, I like your name, Amelia. How to teach a greenie to go into the outside aids to stay balanced? We haven't figured out leg yields yet. Otherwise, I would try to use that to my advantage. How to teach a green horse to go into the outside aid. So you have to use your inside leg to get your and, horse to the outside. And then allow on the outside. And so you don't really quite have the aid. So if you think turn cord align, I'm assuming you have a dressage arena. So you turn or you just turn early, you're three, four horses away from the rail. You, you just sit a little to the outside, move your hands a little to the outside. By the way, leg yield is the only time we ever get to sit to the outside when you're teaching it. Eventually it doesn't matter. But in the beginning. I don't do that. I, don't like I do. That. So, and then you use centrifugal force, you add your inside leg and you take the horse to the rail and the horse starts to figure out inside leg to the outside. Yeah. But basically, yeah, you just, at first, if your horse doesn't really understand the outside aids, like I was going to do a video on this. I need to plan it better. But basically, if your horse doesn't really understand the outside aids, the first thing is you have to kind of let them fall through the outside. So you just have to like, like her mom was saying, just let them kind of fall over there by pushing them off your inside leg. And then once you have the contact in your outside rein, then you can do something with it. Like then you can tell the horse to turn a little bit or, or whatever. Okay, next question. How much should the shoulders lead in the half pass? I'm always told to think Travers on the diagonal, but also told to use the half circle to set up the shoulders. Okay, so it haunches in on the diagonal, sort of, because haunches in, the, the leg isn't crossing. So in half pass, both outside legs are crossing over both inside. So technically haunches in, the front legs are going straight, the hind legs crossing. So if you do that on the diagonal, then not really. So yeah, optically, but anyway, so your half pass, both outside hind legs have to cross over. So the reason that they say it's set up in shoulder in is because the outside front leg is going to be over the inside hind. So you're in a shoulder in position. The reason that it's not quite shoulder in is because the way the legs cross. And so when you go from shoulder in into half pass, it makes it harder on the horse. If you start it from half pass, the footfalls are easier, and then you can bring the shoulder over, and it varies from horse to horse. Some horses like it better if you start in the haunches in and then bring the shoulder around. And some horses like it better if you start in the shoulder in and they can figure out how to cross their leg over. That was very technical. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But here's the thing to simplify. If you're riding a half pass and you're looking at it, you always want the shoulders leading slightly because if, if you're looking from the end of the arena and the judge sees that the haunches are leading, that's like a big no-no because that puts your horse on the forehand and it means that they're not engaged. So you always want to make sure whether you're thinking shoulder in or haunches in or whatever, that the forehand is slightly leading. Like So even if you're going to think of your half pass as haunches in on the diagonal, you have to first turn on the diagonal get the shoulders on the line and then make haunches in. You don't ever want to start the half pass with the haunches. Right. Um, because the half pass, the judge is supposed to see that the horse is in shoulder in position. 
And so what she just said is, so you get on the diagonal straight and then you would push the haunches to the inside so that then you've got the two tracks coming across. And that would take care of both hind legs crossing over. But the alignment is in shoulder in. Very technical. <laughs> There's a bit of that in dressage, isn't there? Okay, here's a good question. What are the timings of the aids for a turn on the forehand? For turn on the forehand, I just push when the inside hind leg's coming up. Yeah, exactly. But but that's really important. But I do take care a lot. And if you like turn on the forehand, that's something that we do with young horses. So I'm assuming, or I had to fix a horse within it, but whatever. Um, it's a horse that really doesn't understand about the bend. So back to that first question that we got about how do you teach a horse to get to the outside eight? Turn, turn on, on the, the forehand, forehand is, and not that the reins create the bend, but they sure can help. So like if you if the horse isn't getting it, you can bring him around a little bit more than you would normally. Get that head around so that his body's already in, in a way that when your leg comes on, it's really easy for the horse to understand where he's supposed to go. Oh, look, Loretta, she says, I'm the one that loves the geeky nature of dressage. So she's enjoying your geekiness over here. <laughs> That's good. All us nerds are united. <laughs> okay. I'll make it more simple for those of you guys that aren't so nerdy. So turn on the forehand, right? In the turn on the forehand, you want the haunches to move out and the shoulders to stay in. Basically, you're going to apply your inside leg when the inside hind leg is leaving the ground. Because that's the only time you can direct a leg is as it's coming off the ground. So as the inside hind leg comes off the ground, you push with your inside leg. Then what's going to happen is that your outside rein controls the outside shoulder. So you push with the inside leg. Then when the outside front leg is about to leave, you half halt with the outside rein. So it's inside leg, outside rein, inside leg, outside rein. How much of those depends on the horse. Like if your horse is lazy, you're going to need more leg. If your horse is bulging through too much through the outside shoulder, you're going to need more outside rein. But don't counter bend them. Don't counter bend them. Got it. And don't screw up your position. <laughs> I think that's like, that's the hard part is you have to do all of these things and maintain the correct position. And only a rider in the correct position can, can make the, the correct, correct aids. aids. So, so you want to be trying to do all this thing, but if you're not sitting right, and that's out of the German National Handbook. Yeah. Come to the webinar on Sunday. So, yeah, if your position is out of, you know, if you're not sitting the right way, the aid that you apply isn't right. So the yeah. horse goes, what? And this aids, right, the aids, that's the name we give the language to talk to horses with. And so if you're not in the right position, then your aids come with an accent that the horse can't figure out. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, the reason that we are supposed to ride in a certain position is because... Over centuries, this has evolved. And yeah. people in the know said, wow, if you sit and do it like this, it works. Yeah. And it's like um, one of our clients was scribing at the horse show last weekend, which shout out to Sylvia and Carolyn. Thank you guys so much for scribing for us because it's need, so important, yeah. to, you know, to give back to the sport. Yeah. I've scribed a ton uh, and I will again in the future. But um, it was one of the judges told me, you know, we have to give back. We yeah. really have to give back for, you know, 
what's given me so much that I have to give back. And so I appreciate everybody who does volunteer. Yeah. So thank you, Sylvia (laughs) and Carolyn. But one thing that um, Sylvia said that when you scribe, you learn a lot because you get to sit there with the judge the whole day. And she said that the judge was really big on harmony, like harmony between horse and rider. And we have to remember that that's part of the object of dressage is harmony, is having that like bond and where your horse is a willing partner, like that they're enjoying their job. And how do you get that harmony is by your position, being in the correct position, giving the correct aids with the right timing and balance and then releasing those aids um yeah it makes it easier for the horse yeah for sure okay um paula relaxation my mare is sensitive and getting her to relax is so hard free walk is non-existent any tips to help oh well that's the mare i have <laughs> oh yeah and you I'm specialize what, i'm in 10 months in with this girl now <laughs> And she does walk now. She had a lateral lateral walk. She was cribbing a lot. And uh, now I am quite comfortable in a two-point position with a light contact, pretending I'm going cross country again and just letting her canter. And and she just cantered herself into more and more relaxation. And I'm not saying I have her solved just yet. I'm not ready to show her. But um, I spent a couple of months just in a two-point position, just letting her canter. Yeah, because the more you pull them back, the more they want to go. That's um, Schumacher's biggest thing. You've got to let some steam out of the pot, right? If you have a pressure cooker and you tighten down that lid, you make more pressure. So when they're hot like that, don't let go of the reins because in the absence of your leadership, nothing good happens either. You have to have a really elastic contact, always be there and supportive and, uh, and let them go. Yeah. You can also like, like you're brave. I mean, I'm pretty brave too, but if you're not brave enough to just like, um, let your horse gallop, I recommend groundwork is like really good teaching a horse to bend and yield and like turn on the forehand. Yeah. Turn on the forehand from the ground. And then also like when you're walking, um, I like to do like really tight turns. Um, when I used to live in Colorado, we would have to go take the horses to move cattle from like one pasture to the next. And you'd get there and your horse would be like nuts and like super hot. So our way of letting out steam. Are you smiling? Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> get the horses nuts. Good times. So Chasing we, cows. There would be sagebrush and Larry, the cowboy I worked with, he would be like, you just go and you do circles around the sagebrush and you do like circle left, circle right, circle left, circle right. And you just circle, 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 circle around the sagebrush. We'd usually do it at the trot. And and Larry would always say, he would say, when one lung starts talking to the other lung and saying, hey, horse, do you think we could slow down? You make them go a little more because like you kind of wear them out. And then when they start saying, hey, do you think I could stop? You say, no, like keep going a little longer. And then you let them stop. And that's kind of what you did with your horse. You were like, all right, you want to go? Let's go. Let's go go until you don't want to go. And then, okay, see, it's all right. Now we can work a little bit. And I like to like let them go and then circle and let them go and circle so that you're working on suppleness and bending. Like you're not just letting them gallop Right. It's not just a free-for-all. Right. It's sort of guided free-for-all. Yeah. So... 
Anyways, Karen says, how difficult is it to scribe? Um, it's not. It's not. No. It's really not. And if you're worried, right, if you've never done it before and you talk to show management and yeah. say you want to do, you know, the, the national levels, one, two, three, four, the well, judges yeah. there, they have enough the, because the movements don't come so fast as like they do in the FEI yeah. until you get used to the rhythm of comment, score, comment, score, comment, score. And if you've been to a horse show, I mean, you can look up and have some idea where the horse is too, but yeah. you could just do the national levels for an afternoon or a morning or something and get your feet wet on it. But it is, it's not, it's not, it's not getting a PhD. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's a good one from Ashley. How to help a horse establish rhythm. Uh, you can count row, row, row. Your boat works really well too. So that when you're posting or whatever you're doing um, that You've got a metronome yeah. in your head. You don't want to be so loose that the horse speeds up and then they move you. So now you're moving faster. And then because you're moving the faster, now the horse moves faster. And so now you're moving faster because the horse is pushing you. So that's not really following, right? That's just out of control and on the forehand, hard charging. So, um, you know, it's the half halt and making your stomach. But how? what's the timing of that? Well, sing. Yeah. Or, or yeah, sing, or I just count. Like sometimes like if I'm posting the trot, I was just riding a horse just now before I came home that was rushing in the trot. And literally I, I feel my brain like automatically just going like one, two, one, two, one, two. And the second I feel it go like one, two, one, two, I like pull my tummy in. I make sure my seat stays slower and then the other thing I do when the horse goes faster is I usually like push them just a little to the side or like turn them a little bit because that will slow your horse down. If you turn them a little or push them to the side, that way you don't have to just pull back on two reins because that usually doesn't work very well. Yeah, pulling's not good. I'll make two fists. I'll resist and yeah. soften immediately and resist and soften. And I try that first and see if actually half fault actually works. If it doesn't, then there are more things to do. You could leg yield a little, make a circle, whatever. But okay. counting, counting, you, that way you're clear about the rhythm and you're not following the horse's rhythm. Yes. Okay, next question is from Shannon. My horse blows through my aids for a halt. I don't want to pull back on the reins, but it's pretty much the only way he will stop. I can get him to where he almost stops with just my seat, but he keeps drifting through unless I pull back. Any suggestions? Uh, you cannot pull. <laughs> oh, yeah, you this is your other pull. If you pull, the horse pulls. And I don't care how much you pull, the horse can pull as hard as you're pulling and still one more pound. You're big. You cannot pull them? I cannot. Mm. I cannot. So, um, because I had a client and that's been going on now recently. But anyway, so <laughs> shock load the rain. Give first, then take it and give again. Oh, that's a good. Plan, so yeah. give first, shock load and let go. So it's a quicker half-hour release. Half and, and, yeah. and you do a lot of those in rapid suge suggestion because in a tug of war, the horse will win. There's a video somewhere. Have you seen that one with the farmer? 
and 20 no. of the 20 of the strong men, right? They do those strong men. Anyway, they got 20 guys uh, and they do tug of war and there's a rope and they take and the farmer's got his horse with the harness. And yeah, Bessie, huh? And the horse takes a step and pulls all 20 dudes off their feet. 20 yeah. guys. You are not stronger than 20 men. No pulling. Shock load. Yes. Okay. That works. The other things. Um, Kareem says a one ring stop. Yeah, I mean the the yeah. reason the reason a one ring stop works is because you get their head around. Yeah. So you're like, what's it called? Torque, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the reason a one ring stop works. Is because, because once you turn their head that far, then they, they don't can't have any, pull against yeah. they can't pull against one ring, really. Right. You give one, take the other, and then that turns them. Yeah, right. So one ring stop. Um, the other thing, like, for a halt is that I think it's really, like, if you're having this trouble, really make sure that your horse is, like, round and on the bit because your half halt, like Hermann was saying, when you kind of shock load the reins a little, is way more effective if your horse is round. Um, make sure to always use your seat. And like, I like to use my seat, my voice, like I'll say ho and then my reins so that you kind of like, you don't go to your reins right away. And there's going to be a bit of reschooling, obviously, because the horse is used to you doing it like this now. And so it's going to be a while until he gets, oh, we stop a different way. Oh, what? Huh? Yeah. It's, it's going to be a bit. That's going to be a fix. Yeah, you can also use a wall. Like if you have a wall, just head them into the wall, get them to stop that way. Um, and sometimes if they like, if I have a horse that is running through me, I might even make them back up. But again, I think you have to um, be very, like if I, like we were talking, yes, you have to very, be Very, very tactful. So like we were talking about, if you have a horse that doesn't want to halt, you probably have bigger problems that you need to fix. Like you probably need to work on steady tempo, steady contact, relaxation in general, uh, making sure the horse is connected properly. Uh, like the halt is one of the kind of last things that you work on. And again, if you if you just stand there and you're you try to force your horse to halt and stand still, it's not going to go well. You have to be tactful, and it has to like almost be their idea a little bit. And at this stage, I'd let him take like walks. I mean, because it has to go forward, downwards. You don't yeah. want him to just stop hard. The hind legs—they're supposed to gather up, and then it's like standing on tippy toe, ready to go again. So it's a halt. It's not a stop. Yeah. You, so. Oh, Shannon's here. She says he's not out of control. Just keeps going like he's on a stroll. Like, I like the shock load of the yeah, range. Yeah, the shock load, shock yeah. load and see what that does. I mean, without seeing you, there's we've just given you, I don't know, seven different yeah. things. Seven so different things. So one, one of those is bound to work. It's yeah. worked for us in the past on different horses. Um, But, yeah, so I think if your horse just, like, isn't listening, then. So you give first. That, yeah. That's the key. Don't, don't have your contact whatever it is, your base contact, and then take. Give first so you make a clearer uh, delineation. There's a clear distinction when you apply the A. So you yeah. want to give first and then come. Yeah, yeah. And always remember for everyone, whenever you use your seat, 
or, or your reins. Like whenever, if you're going to do that with your reins, you make sit sure in. you're sitting in and sitting back. Like, Otherwise you're going to pull yourself towards yeah. his head because yeah. you, you don't weigh what they, yeah. his head weighs. And I, I was talking to one of my students today and I was like, why do we all think that leaning forward and pulling is a good idea? Like we all do it. We've all done it. Right. Like you get scared and you lean forward and pull. Like, how is that a good idea? Uh, because our instinct is to get fetal. We roll up like pill bugs. That's yeah. when, when we're fearful, we roll up like pill bugs. And until training supplants instinct, because you've had your trainer yelling at you because you've ridden a lot of crazy, nasty horses. And so trainers. <laughs> what do you yell at your students when they do that? Lean back, open up your chest. No, what else? What do you say before you say that? I don't know. What do I say? Oh. You always say, like, do you want to die? Oh, right. There's <laughs> That came up at, at your at the freestyle. And Lauren oh doesn't get that. But Mindy gets that one a lot because Mindy leans forward and pulls. And I'm like, that's good. Like, you may say you don't want to die, but if you're leaning forward and pulling, you're telling me that you want to die. But anyway, so it takes a while to get out of the instinct. Our instinct as humans is to roll up and cover all our organs. And that's the last thing you want to do on a horse. But to open yourself and expose the soft pink underbelly isn't really what we are bred for. But training can supplant instinct. And so if you hear it enough times, it won't matter what happens, the training kicks in. And so it all starts to go to pot and the training kicks in and boom, there you are saving your own life. Okay. Thank you for that. Okay. I've talked too much. <laughs> I've talked too much. Okay. So I hope you guys let me know in the chat if you're watching live. If you're coming on Sunday to our rider position webinar, I'll be here. You won't be here. Stephanie, um, the physical therapist that I work with, is going to be there on Sunday for the webinar also. So I'm really excited. She has like some amazing things to add because I think that like rider position is twofold. It's what you do in the saddle. Oh, Levi's joining us. Hi, Levi. Our lap dog has joined Facebook Live. So rider position, it's what you do in the saddle. And why are you panting so much? It's hot in here. It's what you do in the saddle and it's what you do out of the saddle. And I think I'm getting old. I do. Because I like have to do more stretching and oh. more like um, taking care of my body. And also I've noticed when I sit in front of my computer all day, which I've been doing a lot lately, perfecting my slides for Sunday, um, you get like really stiff and tight. And I even got a standing up desk. But anyways, let's see who's going to be there on Sunday. Karen's going to be there. Um, Loretta, yes, the webinar will be recorded. Um, Melinda's going to be there. Shannon will be there. Kina's going to be there. Awesome. Oh, Kareen has her friends joining. Yes, thank you for inviting your friends. Abby's going to be there. Donna's going to be there. Awesome. Good. Cool. I'm so excited to see you guys on Sunday. And... Um, That's it. Okay, go abs. Go abs. Oh, yeah. Hockey fan. Hockey. We have to go watch hockey. All right. Thank you guys all for being here. We'll see you next time. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. 
If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.